Hello, Matthew. It is great to see you. Thank you very much for your time. We are going to discuss situation in Ukraine and around Ukraine as uh, counter-offensive operation uh, slated for April the 40th. And at the same time, the leaked uh, documents uh, revealed that uh, Ukrainian army doesn't have enough resources to defeat Russians. So what's this? Is it some kind of uh, propaganda or uh, disinformation campaign? Um I, I believe that there's evidence to conclude that there that these documents shouldn't entirely be trusted. They do appear to be a bit of a limited hangout. Um, however, there's a lot of truth in them, which is usually how this sort of thing works, you know. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a yes and no answer, unfortunately, where I do believe that they are uh, the, the Anglo-American um operation which hasn't provoked this this entire camp military campaign to begin with overstepped overplayed their hand and i think you have a sort of recognition that the con the 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 effects of a meltdown of russia economically did not happen there has not been a coup d'etat in russia against putin the way some geopoliticians have hoped would have occurred already a long time ago and i believe some of them are still pushing for that which is why They've been holding some of these assets and yachts and other things. And I'm sure all of your viewers know or listeners know this. Um, and, you know, under the idea that we'll give you your yachts back and we'll give you your foreign assets back if you just get rid of Putin. So, of course, none of these things have worked. And I believe that there is um, an idea of trying to turn not necessarily abort the project, but at least turn the trajectory of the, where things have been going which is not to the benefit of the, the, the Anglo-American establishment, and to try to effectively come up with a new battle plan and bide some time. So I think some of these limited hangouts are part of that strategy. Maybe the Ukraine card is not working the way they wanted. They're trying to figure out how do they perhaps pull back on the Ukraine angle and maybe put their resources into another flank. Um, so yeah, but otherwise I would be weary about some of the elements that are slipped in as well. The whole story about a 21-year-old... Uh, military official in the U.S. getting access to these highly classified documents is a bit strange. Unfortunately, Ukraine fell victim to political ambitions, but at the same time, we are witnessing that their uh, global architecture is changing and that there is no hegemony anymore. How does the United States perceive the way of this global dominance? Um, for the most part, I don't see any evidence that the those who are actually making the current strategies inside of the U.S. establishment see the waning themselves in an honest way. I, I think the level of hubris uh, exhibited by Anthony Blinken, the the networks handling um, the 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 old demented fool, you know, and corrupt fool Biden, um, don't seem to be able to recognize any humility or any fallacy in any step they've taken, and they are still trying to hold on to the idea of the 1992 end of history New World Order script that they're really desperately trying to go back to, and they they do really want a world whereby a, a Yeltsin and and uh, you know IMF directed billionaires are still controlling Russia. They still want that. They still want – they just want to go back to 1980s when George Soros' assets had more influence in China, and they just really want to go back in time. And, and they don't realize that time machines are something for science fiction and not for reality. Um, so they're not very creative. They're doubling down, and I, I do think that there are some higher forces above these these creatures who 
represent genuine um uh, power in the in the higher echelon orders of the establishment and i'm here talking about um the city of london chatham house networks that are a little bit higher up in the in the chain of command i believe that some of them are are more reasonable and recognize that this is blowing up in their face and they've deployed certain more competent uh voices like jeffrey sachs to uh, try to be influencers of uh, of maybe a live to fight another day doctrine, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who are able to to do some self examination and uh, and maybe not necessarily rehabilitate, but at the very least um, recognize the way that the British establishment recognized in the 1930s that maybe this Hitler creature is not something we can control the way we thought we could. Let's abort maybe this this thing now and. And try to take over the world fat with a fascist regime down the line somehow. You know? uh, some uh, United States uh, high-ranking politicians uh, expressed concern over uh, growing ties between China and Russia. But don't you think that this is the containment policy that is driving Beijing and Moscow together? Yeah, your questions are great. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, th- these these are some of the. Um, some of these politicians you're referring to, um, they regret having treated Russia badly in the 1990s. And they're of the view, these are some of the better ones, in fact, that, who are saying, well, you know, if we only treated Russia better, then Russia would be our ally and we could, we, we would be able to work with Russia right now to fight China. Um, if anything, and some of them want to, as, as I mentioned, those who want to unseat Putin, who recognize that Putin would never fight China. China and Russia have a strategic bond of not only survival, but they've really outlined the, the creation of a new era in geopolitical and economic affairs. They still want to up- unseat Putin with the idea that if we could get some of the fifth columnists that are still holding on uh, in some way in Russia to take power, then they could be our allies and we could we could do what we were supposed to do in the 1990s or maybe 2001, 2002 and fight China. Now, um, yeah, I, I think that they recognize at the very least, and there's an insecurity where they could see that with China's economic power, um, that has grown explosively. I mean, in, in, in the last 20 years and Russia's military intelligence capabilities together represent a force which has won over the hearts and minds of most of the nations of the world that are outside of the trans, transatlantic cage, representing, of course, you know, most of Africa, most of Central and Latin America, uh, most of Asia, most of Southwest Asia, which we've seen now, um, uh, jump on board the multipolar alliance. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're rightfully insecure. There is also a belief that China's deteriorating uh, relations with the U.S. Uh, gives Europe a bit more leverage to promote their own uh, economic interests. Uh, is it really an appropriate time to gain momentum for Europe, in your opinion? Well, ch- China's, um china has, it has become um the the fastest growing uh physically productive economy in the world their economy unlike the united states you know some people say oh look at the numbers of their gdp look at the numbers of the and and the us is still numerically in the lead on some of the metrics however where it matters china is by far in the lead when it comes to like there is a bloomberg article saying there's no de-dollarization that's a myth here's why China produces trains, Japan produces cars, America produces something even more valuable. We produce dollars. 
And everybody wants dollars because the dollars allow the trade and the production of everything to happen. So we do produce something, and it's the most important thing. This is Bloomberg. Um, the U.S. has stopped producing anything in the real world in terms of factories, manufacturing. It can't produce. It cannot produce the type of machinery it once did in the 1950s and 60s. Um, it it, which is why it has no viable infrastructure. It has a, a consumer based economy that doesn't uh, have productive value by and large. Whereas China, their economy is hinged on real world creations that are tied to real goods being produced that support life, which is why when a bubble economically grows um, irresponsibly in the Chinese sector around how the housing bubble, for example, with Evergrande, um, it doesn't take down the Chinese economy. It, it barely made a scratch. Whereas if the same sort of thing happens in the West, it's devastatingly, it's apocalyptic because the entire Western economy is bubble. It's unpayable debt-based bubble. And China owns a lot of that debt. And China has offered the West many opportunities to work in harmony to make to build projects on the Belt and Road Initiative with U.S. companies, U.S. construction firms. Of course, Donald Trump was actually playing a positive role on the economic level, creating economic bridges with uh, China on a lot of these things. This this all stopped as soon as Biden came in. And China doesn't want the U.S. to collapse because that would be a very disruptive thing for the Chinese economy and people. It won't be pleasant. And they've offered the West so many chances to regain sanity, uh, as has Russia. And unfortunately, the West has said, no, they, they don't want to sober up yet. They're, they're still committed <laughs> to their drunken frenzy of how they think the world should work. And so it's getting hotter and hotter. And hopefully, um, hopefully they see their, what their self-interest actually is. According to China's foreign minister, Beijing supported Emmanuel Macron's uh, Ukraine peace efforts. Uh, in fact, the escalation is in uh, Europe's uh, long-term uh, interests. But uh, could EU become an independent player with regard to conflict resolution without looking back at uh, its overseas partner? Well, Ch Macron himself is a very weak character, obviously. So... It was interesting um, that China was able to recognize something that they could work with in France. And it, it's, it was indicative to see how different they treated Ursula van der Leyen, who jumped onto the, the trip to China at the same time as Macron did, who received – I mean, she, she was not even treated like a respected head of state because the Chinese do not see her as a head of state of any country. She's an unappointed bureaucrat with no actual influence of anything that really matters – except she was there for propaganda sake. So Macron was given the red carpet treatment, but it wasn't just Macron. You see, he was brought there, I think, largely through backdoor uh, diplomatic efforts by the business community of France, which represents things like Airbus, Total, uh, some of the biggest French firms who recognize that being caught in the crossfire of a nuclear war or being cut off of their entire Chinese market is bad for business. It's stupid, and they have used all of the clout that they can wield politically to ensure that there is some sort of damage control um, and a bit of rearguard action, which manifested in this visit. And I think that Macron was sort of dragged by his collar in some ways. He, he has to dance to the tune of his support base, not necessarily the people, but definitely those who carry the money. And that's what I think we saw him do when, when he returned back. Um, there, there was a different tone, obviously, that everybody heard. I was very impressed by the the quality of the words at least 
to what degree France has the capacity to continue to walk that walk outside of Anglo-American pressure, I don't know. But certainly, if it were going to be any country, it would be France of Europe at this moment that would be able to um, create a slightly more independent economic pathway, if not a political one, just because they still have – it's basically France and Germany that have the most viable productive economies that have not yet been destroyed in Europe – and Germany is much more culturally poisoned, uh, as we see with the shutdown of nuclear power, um, and the, the willingness to just self-sacrifice on some altar. Um, the German people are much more abused and, and politically incapable of, of acting in their own self-interest. France has a little bit more of that. So we'll see. So thank you very much, Matthew, for your explanations, for, for your opinion. Sure. My pleasure. 